What's up, Eater fans? This is Kobe Bryant from the Los Angeles Lakers, and I just want to introduce to you, live and direct right now, your men and women's basketball team. We're going to make history this year. Rip them, Eaters! Well, in 2006, they, I, I got a paid job here, which was great. So I became the director of basketball operations, which was an advancement. And so, you know, being in that position on a staff, you're kind of the do everything, you're around all the time. And um, I get a call from Paul Hope, who's our associate athletic director. And he says, hey, I, someone reached out from, from you know, Kobe's group and says, hey, there's, you know, there's a chance he might want to come and take a look at your facilities and maybe look to train there. You know, can I pass this number along to you? Sure, I'm here anyways. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be here, I'm, I'm working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. anyways, sure. Um, and literally the next day I get a call from the head of security of, you know, his personal security for Kobe and he says, you know, this is um, you know, in a very serious tone, you know, Kobe Bryant would like to come by and check out your facility. You know, when are you available? It, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here, I'm available, let me know when, when he's planning on coming. And, um, and so that's kind of how the first introduction or phone call kind of happened. I didn't know what to expect. I was just in the office in Crawford Hall, just kind of waiting around going, okay, what's, what's gonna happen here? And um, lo and behold, I mean, Kobe rolls up with another guy who I assume was the guy I talked to, and there they were. And it kind of went from there. It was like, hey, can you show us around? Can you show us your facility? So I'm, you know, like, okay, well, hope you like it. Like, you know, <laughs> and so I take him into Crawford, you know, into Crawford Court, show him the gym, Okay, seems to like check the boxes. And then I reluctantly took him to the downstairs weight room and take him downstairs and I'm like, yeah, here it is. And, and they kind of look around, they, you know, they're having like a back and forth conversation trying to figure out, you know, this is what they want to do. And, um, and we exchanged numbers and, um, and that was kind of it. And I was like, okay, you know, say goodbye to them. And two hours later, I get a call from an unknown number. I don't pick it up and I check my voicemail and it's Kobe. I, mean, I remember it vividly. He's like, hey, Ryan, it's Kobe. Can I get in there tomorrow morning? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Let's, I mean, okay. I mean, this is maybe a one-time thing. Maybe this is, you know, whatever. Um, and that was kind of the start of it, um, which was just crazy. So I call him back and I'm like, yeah, you know, Kobe, what are you looking for? He's like, well, what time can I get in there? I was like, what time do you need? I mean, you know, the gym's available. Um, you know, what time do you need? And that was my first introduction to the early mornings. Uh, he's like, okay, I get in there at 6.37. I was like, sure, all right, let's go. And so um, so I show up the next morning, he's there, and, and that was like my first introduction in the gym. And I asked him the first day, I said, hey, would you mind if I kind of sit in here? And he was, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, do whatever you need. And I know the impression with Kobe initially was that I was kind of a facilities guy, that I was just kind of here just to kind of help them with, you know, whatever they needed. And um, so I, I remember this, this is like three or four days into his training and I'm sitting on the stage in, in Crawford, um, the old stage that, um, you know, they used to sit fans on when they played games. I was just sitting there and, he, he, and I remember he was going through his, um, his shooting routine, which he always had to begin workouts. And he looks over at me, he said, get over here and help us out. And that was, and from that day on, every time he was here, I was out there. He's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Every resource imaginable. He could have trained wherever he wanted. Why didn't? Why couldn't he just have done it at home? You know, he he wasn't like a high maintenance guy. 
for everything that he became and was. Like he didn't need nice and shiny. He needed 10 foot hoops and he needed people around him that helped him get where he needed to go. You know, he did, there were certain things he did at home. Um, you know, he had a gym in his house that we train at regularly. Um, but I do think that coming over here was a little bit of his workplace where he looked at coming here as a place where he could be serious minded, he could have a routine uh, and really execute the things that he was looking to do. It ended up becoming home. It ended up becoming, you know, his comfort area and, and where he decided to continue doing his thing. I mean, you know, his, his focus to his plan and what he needed to do was well executed here. I mean, year one he was here, I mean, he won his first MVP. And, um, you know, and I think that was his, you know, that was kind of a calling for him. Like, you know, this is working out pretty good. And what was really special about being here is after the initial, oh my goodness, Kobe's around, he's training here and all that kind of stuff, he became one of our student athletes. You know, just, and as crazy as that is to, to hear, you know, our volleyball team, our basketball team, our baseball team, our track team, our coaches, he was just one of the guys, you know, and, and that was really special for him because, you know, he would know athletes by name, he would know coaches by name, um, he knew our training staff by name. He had a routine, there was a comfort to that here um, where he could, again, you know, he could fulfill the things that he wanted um, and be normal. And that was, I think, a big part of why he was just in Orange County was being away from LA enough where he can kind of have the day-to-day -day routine that he had. Um, and I certainly know that he felt that here at UC Irvine. It just seems kind of surreal to think about a UC Irvine student athlete, like mid-major college basketball, and they're spending time every day with arguably the best player yeah. you know, in the world. It was really special for them to just experience that and be around that and to learn of his work ethic because, again, it's, you know, it's almost seems like folktale, like the amount of stories that you hear. Um, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe you can do that for, like anyone can wake up for a week at four o'clock, 4.30 in the morning and train. Anyone can do that, but to do that consistently and to do that when you've already accomplished as much as he had leading up into when he started here, I mean, because he had three championships under his belt by then, he approached every offseason like he was fighting for his life. And that's a special thing, especially at the level that he was at. And our athletes got to be around that, which was you know, really neat for them to see because again, college athletes that, that want to accomplish, you know, kind of the next step, I mean, becoming a professional athlete or whatever it is, they're able to see a guy who's at the, really at the peak and want more. And I think that taught everybody around here, especially during that time, that there's always more you can do. Um, and so that was pretty special. It's almost like for as much as the UC Irvine students got out of that experience, it almost kind of sounds like Kobe got just as much out of it. I mean, is, is that right? Um, you know, I think being able to come here and, and feel connected, um, you know, not having a college experience, um, I think was unique. He'd be in the track, um, he'd be in the pool, uh, he'd be in Crawford Court, he'd be in the Bren, obviously he'd be in the weight room. Um, we went across campus to the Arc to train, so he got a real immersive feel for everything that was going on here and he was always inquisitive about the different teams. He asked about how the teams were doing. He asked about our team all the time. Um, he was really confused initially why 
the ARC had such a better training facility than we had over here. He's like, isn't this Division One athletics? And, and so when, you know, towards the end of his career, when we, when we built the set center, which is an unbelievable facility, you go, yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. And, you know, so he felt like pride, like that we had grown. And that was awesome to see because he felt some, some level of ownership in, in that. And we, as we've gotten more and more national attention, I mean, he, you know, was, you know, knew what was going on. And so when we made the tournament in 15, you know, he was very well aware and excited for us. Um, last year when we made it and were able to make history, he was, you know, equally, if not more excited for us. And, and that was cool. That was cool that he, it wasn't surprising to me, but it was also great that he was in tune with our team um, and cared about what we were doing and cared about our progress. You kept this a secret. Most people didn't know. Maybe only the people really close to you knew you guys even had a relationship. Why was it so important for you to, to kind of keep that quiet and just be all business? You know, for me, it, it was nothing more than helping an athlete accomplish their goal. You know, it wasn't, you know, the way I looked at it, you know, outside of the initial, like, oh my God, it's Kobe, was what's, what are we here to accomplish? And, um, and for him, it was, I want to train, I want to develop, I want to, you know, get better at certain things every off season and obtain an objective. The work I did with the players here was no different. That's and it was just the way I looked at it. And he was just a player. He was a player who needed training, a player who, you know, was looking to accomplish a goal. No different than any other guy. And um, and you take responsibility of helping him do that. You know, it got to a point where, you know, watching him play and um, you know, whether it was going to game, going to games, or <clears throat> or being at home watching them, I get nervous. It wasn't like you weren't you weren't a fan. You just get kind of nervous, like there's your player, you know. And so and you took responsibility of that. You, I mean, you took responsibility for his performance. Now, whether or not I should have or whatever, like I clearly he was responsible for his performance, you know, good or bad. But you took some sort of ownership of you know, how he performed, how he was, you know, his, you know, the health of his body, things like that. And he had a team of people that were all a part of that. It wasn't obviously just me by any means, but you take that responsibility. I mean, you know, I went to, I remember going specifically um, to a preseason game down in San Diego and, um, and watching the game and he plays limited minutes and he goes down and this is, you know, coming off training sessions and stuff like that. And you're always, you know, worried about your athletes, you know, being in, peak physical condition to perform. And um, he goes down and, and he goes back in the locker room. And I'm like, you know, my stomach drops and I text him. I say, Kobe, all right, what happened? And, you know, a minute goes by, I get a text and he goes, I tore my ACL. I'm like, and I, again, I just staring at my phone going, okay, what, what did we do wrong? What, you know, what, oh my God. And then like 30 seconds later, just kidding, I'm all right. <laughs> And, you know, but he's <laughs> like, come on, man, like, <laughs> you know, but like things like that, that we just, you feel, you know, you feel responsible for, you feel like, you know, hey, you know, but that's just like our players, you know, guy goes down the game, you're like, 
you feel for them, you feel for our team. You don't like, you don't look at it like a fan. And so um, I felt it was a great balance for me. You know, being exposed to the best player in the world um, was a great balance, especially in the off season to, you know, coaching and developing college basketball players. That was a unique experience and still has been a really unique experience that I'm able to kind of have that balance of being able to do both, which again, would never have happened if, you know, I didn't have this experience. Have you thought about his impact on you and how you've been able to be the man that you are, the father you are, the coach that you are, and, and maybe what he might have had to do with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> you know, just observing him and being around him, um, how he carried himself, um, you know, was really impactful. Um, you know, as uh, you know, on the basketball side of stuff, I think is really obvious. Um, you know, his work ethic, how he approached every day, how he um, was real goal-oriented and specific and precise in the things that he was working on and training. Um, you know, he, he was always searching for the best version of himself, um, which, you know, again, you know, he constantly evolved. Like, he never thought he was there. I mean, it was more. It was what's next. It was, you know, all that. So that was really special. Now, on the, on the personal side of stuff, I mean, for me, the biggest thing, um, you know, with him was with how busy he is or was, is how he, he made time for the things that were most important to him. The commitment he had to, to his girls and um, his family and all that, that never wavered. Um, you know, in 2007, he would work out around their schedules. In 2008, 2009, 2010, all the way to 2016, it was all about his girls. Obviously, he woke up early in the morning to train, and that was kind of how he was wired. He felt like getting up early gave him an opportunity to accomplish more throughout the day. That was a big part of it. The other component of it was when the girls wake up, you know, when they got to go to school, they're going to an activity, I want to be there. You know, that was, that was cool to see, you know, with, and, you know, I thought I was pretty busy. <laughs> you know, I was like, right, I don't have any free time. And I'm like, mm, there's a lot more hours in the day that you could, you could do stuff. And, um, you know, so that was special to be around as much as anything, to see how he was able to make it all work um, and, um, and be present um, and be, you know, active in their lives, which, um, which was, you know, again, we all have choices. And um, he made a specific choice to make sure he was there, um, that they're a priority um, and they're around, which, again, is something that you know, I've taken.